I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. Uh, Rebel up now, lioness roll out. Rebel up now, lioness roll out. Rebel up now. 
full exaltation to those who liberate themselves. Joyous, joyful exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Woman Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariama Tanay. Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme is a recital of the cycles. A recital of the cycles. We're going to start off in the praise up as there is nothing new under the sun that the Most High has not already revealed, starting off in Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Jeremiah 17.5 Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. Exodus 25 Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Ecclesiastes 1.4-1.7 one, one generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he rose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to its circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. Ecclesiastes 3.1-3.8 to To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, 
a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Ecclesiastes 3.15 That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is to pass. Genesis 41.29-41.30 Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. Psalms 82.2 to 82.8 How long will ye judge unjustly? and accept the persons of the wicked, Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness, and all the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Ephesians 2.1-2.4 And you, he hath quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Second Thessalonians 3.1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. We're going to take a music moment and come back with tonight's theme, a recital of the cycles, blessings and grace. Oh, 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 oh,
for ignition Ain't necessary to mention What's at stake without redemption Chakras open up and rock pours out a blessing And in that moment I realize my Progression. The power is in our hands to tap in and connect with our spirit And there's really no time to hold back Love your sisters, love your brothers And build, because it's healing time What feels like a stem is growing from within I know this ain't the end, we are the new beginning I'm winning, I'm feeling it all So deeply, no withdrawal, eat it raw I take it and I'm in while making plans Still on swim, flowing like water Tune in, better catch me now than later Lovers or haters, elevate like escalators Walk that walk and talk that talk Purpose, Yania. We living with purpose. We living with purpose. We living with purpose.
Blessings and Grace, and I'm back with tonight's theme, a recital of the cycles. Now, the cycle I'm speaking of specifically is called the Titler Cycle. Alexander Titler was a Scottish judge, writer, and historian who served as a professor of universal history and Greek and Roman antiquities at the University of Edinburgh. In his lectures, he reasoned that a pure democracy is a chamor, an illusion or fabrication of mind, especially an unrealizable dream, and that human social order were ruled by the nature of monarchy. Teitler believed that democratic forms of government, such as those of Greece and Rome, have a natural evolution from initial virtue toward eventual corruption and decline. In Greece, for example, Titler argues that the patriotic spirit of love and ingenious freedom became gradually corrupted as the nation advanced in power and splendor. A democracy cannot exist as a permanent form of government. It can only exist until the voters discover that they can vote themselves money from the public treasury. From that moment on, the majority always votes for the candidates promising the most benefits from the public treasury, with the result that a democracy always collapses over loose fiscal policy, always followed by dictatorship. The average age of the world's greatest civilizations has been 200 years. These nations have progressed through the following sequence, from bondage to spiritual faith, from spiritual faith to great courage, from great courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to selfishness, from selfishness to complacency, from complacency to apathy. This Titler cycle is closely linked to William Playfair, a Scottish scholar as well, who wrote, wealth and power have never been long permanent in any place. They travel over the face of the earth, something like a caravan of merchants. On their arrival, everything is found green and fresh. While they remain, all is bustle and abundance. And when gone, all is left trampled down barren and bare. During times of great spiritual faith, courage, and authentic freedom, people tend to focus on principles rather than issues. Issues like fads tend to come and go, but principles are those bedrock truths that provide a solid foundation beneath our feet. This is one of the key differences between the masses who seek instant short-term gratification at any cost and the more principled approach of the statesman who carefully weighs both the seen and unseen consequences. The founders of this nation weren't part of a mass movement. They had their own principles and they were a principled minority that was keenly aware of moral truth and who chose to apply it. And when it was costly to do so, Knowing what they stood for allowed them to defend their reason against irrationality, 
liberty against authority, and individuality against tribal collectivism. Their willingness to break with apathy of the masses was the catalyst that set the wheels in motion. The sooner that we make this connection, the sooner we'll discover the necessary spiritual strength and courage to leave our own captivity. The cycle continues until it hits bottom, bondage. Then it stays there for a while. Historically, the generation that is in charge at the time of bondage is never responsible for the eventual rebirth. The bottom must continue long enough for a new generation of adults to create the rebirth. They understand only too well that their only hope to have more is to develop a work ethic and stick to it. The cycle is a long one as it requires that generations pass. Just as the depression era people in the United States and Europe were hardworking and the baby boomers were their spoiled children who voted for those who promised lots of free stuff. And the millennials represent the complacency and apathy generation. So these generations must age and slide into the background before a new and productive generation can create a rebirth. Now the Tyler cycle goes from bondage to spiritual faith, to courage, to liberty, to abundance, selfishness, complacency, apathy, to dependence, and back to bondage. Now bondage is oppression. And during that oppression, one starts the vocalization of complaints and gathering and forming groups, gathering to form ideology and group nationalism. And that leads to an increase in bravery, which is part of the spiritual faith, an increase in bravery and sacrifice, altruism and motivation, an inner religious fervor, increased religious fervor, which leads to a desire for the Most High's blessing. Then comes a focus on liberty and freedom, and then confrontation of the repression, which leads to open conflict, and losses bring greater determination, and then oppression is finally defeated. Then comes the rejoicing and the thanksgiving to the Most High. And at that time, one set up a better system and they enjoy peace. They want more of the good life. And then competition spreads. And then ruthless behavior to get ahead, which leads to selfishness and figuring out that we did this to ourselves. And that comes along with entitlements and special interest group control, which leads to corruption. And then behavior that is illegal and immoral is socially justified. And then that leads to a tyranny for control, which takes you back to oppression. While in bondage, the people oppose the conditions. They don't want to be in bondage which makes one start to lean on their spiritual faith, searching for some degree of unity 
for a common cause. And as they group together, they build courage and then they fight for freedom, which leads to liberty and that success and prosperity and blessings lead to abundance and that tends to be material things. And then private interest groups group together in selfishness and they have a sense of entitlement and they start whining and complaining. And that leads to complacency where no one accepts any responsibility and they blame everyone else and they're critical of everything. And then that turns into apathy. And then control of independence and freedom is centralized, which leads to dependence. And once independence, a point of degeneration when no systematic change will help, and then they're back into bondage. Our species is actually fairly easy to manage if you have the key to how we function and what we are. Now, I don't claim that I know the last secret of social engineering, but I'm aware of how the various levels work. I know the main buttons that are being pushed, why these buttons are so incredibly effective on a mass scale, and how some of our natural weaknesses are being taken advantage of. Becoming aware of these deeper layers will enable you to start blocking such manipulation that so far you might not have been aware of. The manipulation must be realized and neutralized by critical thinking. Those who seek freedom must go to one of the places where it's presently rising up from the ground or has already gotten on a roll and is on the upward swing of the cycle. The antidote that will place us back on the positive side of this cycle starts with awareness. This means being willing to individually learn and individually apply the principles and practices of liberty instead of chanting in unison with the masses. Now, the cycle of spiritual growth is happening at the same time in conjunction with the cycle that I just mentioned. And your spiritual growth cycles happens in stages of seven. From zero to seven years old, our basic personality is formed. And this most important cycle has such an impact on all the other cycles. Young children easily absorb what is happening in their environment. Basic attitudes and key concepts can affect them for the rest of their lives. That is, until they realize what is influencing them for better or for worse. Once they understand how they were affected in each cycle, they can make the changes they want and truly take charge of their lives. From seven to 14 years, development of the intellect. During this time, a child develops considerable in their intellect and with their understanding. They learn from the outer world, such as their parents, school and society, and from their own experiences and feelings. 
A key during this cycle is for a young person to learn from their inner senses and balance their own wisdom with the outer world information. In ages 14 to 21, that's the identity cycle. This is the age when people seek to gain a better sense of themselves instead of who they were trained to be. If they unfold a feeling of themselves from within, this cycle can help them bring out their real inner being. They will experience more of their good, kind, wise, true nature. Ages 21 to 28 is the cycle of maturity. By this time, many people experience a feeling of wanting to leave the nest, make their own decisions, and live their lives. From 28 to 35, one is seeking the inner kingdom. During these years, a person tends to search for more in life. They have a sense they are here for a reason and want to accomplish their purpose. Ages 35 to 42 is spiritual abundance. The soul becomes more sharply attuned to their inner sense and their good, kind, loving, wise spiritual being. A person may heal limiting concepts they picked up from the outer world that do not fit with their true inner being. From ages 42 to 49, that's the cycle of material abundance. This is the cycle of life when a person tends to attract more physical abundance. It is especially the case when they have been aligned with the natural rhythms of their previous cycles, such as being more spiritually abundant. Ages 49 to 56 is spiritual inventory. This crucial seven-year cycle is a time when a soul takes stock. Many people may review what they have accomplished and learn from their experiences to help them raise their state of consciousness. This is a good time to consolidate and gain lasting value from the time and energy invested in their experiences. Ages 56 to 63 is the cycle of decision. People by this time have a feeling about doing what they are here to do on planet Earth or not. If they do not become involved in their life purpose, they consciously or unconsciously begin the process of leaving the physical world and returning to the world of spirit. When people decide to do their life's work, they are more energized and tend to have a healthier body to support their inner desires. Their inner guidance backs them in many ways. Ages 63 and onward, in following through with their decisions for what they feel is important, people can do their greatest work in these years. They tend to experience a sense of inner peace with all they have learned and grown in their state of consciousness. They have a sense of who they are and where they are going as evolving souls in this universe. We have a choice. We can either listen to our ego, stop evolving, and begin to decay, or we follow the voice of our higher self and begin to cooperate with nature through realizing our own creative potential.
that was given to us at birth. When you grow to be a spiritual adult, you need to take responsibility for your own potential and become a fully-fledged member of your spiritual hierarchy in order to empower the world around you. These cycles are repeated in miniature forms every day in our lives. Peer inside yourself to see the beauty of the celestial clockwork that we're all a part of. You'll gain more than knowledge. Nature has taught us everything we know. To reach harmony in life, we all need to learn how to observe nature and learn the laws that govern our universe. We as humans are a part of nature and we also have cycles of our own. In order to move forward in the spiral of our evolution, we all have to go through the crisis years, which happen when we change from one cycle to the next. Some people get stuck in the loop of problems during their crisis years, while others are able to overcome the challenges and move to the next level. If you're following the mission of your higher self, there is no need to be afraid However, if you keep violating the laws of nature and keep failing to listen to your own intuition, you might experience certain turbulence with your state of health, personal, and professional life during those transitional years. Knowing these cycles will save us from destruction and ultimately create expanded awareness. Awareness of the cycles of coming into being growth and decay of all living things, the rhythm of the planet we live on, with its seasons and all its natural phenomena. We are considered to be a part of big cosmic cycles, gigantic periods of time, which succeeded one after another eternally. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the go and gnosis. Blessings and grace.
most gotta poly up. Gotta get in where we fit in, move the populace. Move the beat up from a leader, still a lot of us. We deserve to have the freedom we've been fighting for. We deserve to have a leader we believe in. A leader we can trust. Who see himself in us. And lead with empathy and love. And really feel like cousins. And they won't just sit in office cause they office up. They not gonna fill us up with empty, empty offers, no. And don't just think that we won't follow up on promises. Accountability, integrity, regardless. So many feel lawless because they make the law above it all. Deceit they dedicate to us. We pay them off and pay the tax, pay the salary. They so Mickey and Mallory. Natural born killers, our dream they deem the casualty. No Valerie, no Valerie, no doubt I get this out of me by voting in November. Take my bullet to the ballot seat. It's the first of many measures, steps in a long line of regrets. We walked our trail of tears. It's time for them to pay their debts. Put my voice at the table because I made it. I built the seat you sit in, so it's time for me to take it on my slave ship. I think you should know that anybody who believes out there. Blah, 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 blah,
blessings and grace, and I'm back with the go and gnosis, your news infused with consciousness, starting off on the WashingtonPost.com. Counties that hosted a 2016 Trump rally saw a 226% increase in hate crimes. There is suggestive evidence that Trump's rhetoric matters. During an interview with CBS's Face the Nation this past Sunday, Senator Kane of Virginia lambasted President Trump for emboldening white nationalism after a young man killed at least 50 people at two New Zealand mosques. Kane was referring to Trump's answer after a reporter asked whether he sees today the white nationalism is a rising threat around the world. Trump responded, I don't really. This is not the first time Trump has been accused of catering to white nationalists after a terrorist attack. At an August 2017 Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, a young white man rammed his car into a crowd of counter-protesters, killing Heather Heyer. Afterward, Trump insisted that there's blame on both sides for the violence. Then on October 2018, a gunman killed 11 congregants at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. When Trump announced plans to visit the synagogue, many people in Squirrel Hill, the city's predominantly Jewish neighborhood, took to the streets demanding first that Trump renounce white nationalism before paying his respects to the victims. Trump has strongly rejected any charge that he's to blame. Does Trump's political rhetoric have a measurable link to reported hate crime and extremist activity? We examine this question, given that so many politicians and pundits accuse Trump of emboldening white nationalists. White nationalist leaders seem to agree, as leaders including Richard Spencer and David Duke have publicly supported Trump's candidacy and presidency, even if they still criticize him for not going far enough. The New Zealand shooter even referred to Trump as a renewed symbol of white identity. So do attitudes like these have real-world consequences? Recent research on far-right groups suggests that they do especially when these attitudes are embraced and encouraged by peers. Specifically, the quantity of neo-Nazi and racist skinhead groups active in a state leads to increased reports of hate crimes within that state. What's more, according to the FBI's Universal Crime Report in 2017, reported hate crimes increased 17% over 2016. A recent research also shows that reading or hearing Trump's statements of bias against particular groups makes people more likely to write offensive things about the groups he targets. Moving forward to the WashingtonTimes.com, FBI sees significant rise in white supremacist domestic terrorism since fall. The FBI has seen a significant rise in domestic terrorism by white supremacists since the fall, a senior bureau counterterrorism official said Thursday. Arrests of white supremacist terror suspects increased by 40% in the past year, the official said, though the FBI would not provide exact statistics to back up the numbers. The FBI is investigating about 5,000 active 
terrorism-related incidents in the United States and abroad. About 850 relate to domestic terrorism, while another 1,000 are tied to the Islamic State or affiliate groups. During the first two quarters of the fiscal year, the FBI made 66 domestic terror-related arrests and 63 international terrorism arrests, according to the official. The FBI official blamed a rise in copycat and retaliatory plots inspired by successful attacks as a reason for the increase in attacks by white supremacists. Moving forward onto the MiamiHerald.com. Miami bounty hunters armed with battering ram storm home over a $750 bond. This is on video. The armed agents woke up Donald Colas on the night of May 5th, surrounding his Miami Gardens home and shining a light into the bedroom where his two-year-old son was asleep. Wielding a battering ram, stun guns, and crowbars, they stormed the home searching for a fugitive who owed $750 following his arrest for driving with a suspended license. The bounty hunters broke down two doors, searched under mattresses, and quoted a 147-year-old Supreme Court opinion. The man Colas, 28-year-old cousin, Berlin Gabriel, wasn't there. He hadn't lived there in 20 years, Colas said. What Colas says he didn't know, his cousin used his address when police asked where he lived. That gave the bounty hunters referred to as bail bond agents in Florida and bail recovering agents everywhere else, a right to locate and detain Gabriel at his listed residence. As private agents licensed by Florida's Department of Financial Services and empowered by Florida's administrative code, they do not require a search warrant to enter the home where they believe the fugitive they're seeking is residing. I don't know he was going to use it, Cola said of his cousin. I was very upset by it. In a video of the incident provided to the Miami Herald, Colas is heard telling the agents that Gabriel was not at home. He refused to let them enter the home, sparking a standoff between a band of bond agents and his family inside the home. Colas lost the battle and the agents working for Manhurts Bail Bonds of Miami Man hurts with a Z at the end, bail bonds in Miami stormed through an exterior fence and the front door as they searched for Gabriel using a battering ram. Now, Colas is intent on filing a lawsuit. His lawyer, Fordlin Pierre, called the search a state-sponsored home invasion. Miami Gardens police were called to the home three times on the night of May 5th record show. We have more jurisdiction than police officers, one of the bounty hunters said in a video of the incident. Miami Gardens police are reviewing the incident. A spokesman did not respond to a reporter's question about the video. Pierre, the attorney representing Colas and his family members, sent a letter to Miami Gardens Mayor Oliver Gilbert, Police Chief Delma Noel Pratt, and the Miami Gardens City Commission on May 20th calling for an investigation and the reprimanding of the officers involved. 
If you choose to do nothing, this will reinforce my client's belief that this was nothing more than a state-sponsored home invasion, Pierre wrote. A police supervisor at the scene told the bond agents that police officers could not compel the family to open their doors. Soon after, the supervisor ordered responding officers to leave the scene. Pierre said in the letter, officers were called for a second time, but waited outside the home as the bond agents rummaged inside. Then they left again. After a third call, no one responded, Pierre said. Gabriel was never captured, but a family member paid off the debt two days later. The damaged doors have not been repaired. Gabriel had been arrested on November 2018 and released on bail shortly after. Bail bond companies in Florida charged defendants 10% of the bail set by the court for state crimes and 15% for federal crimes. In a court filing after missing an appearance, Gabriel said he had lost his job and had no money. Pierre said his client was never informed that Gabriel used his address in court documents. The guy didn't appear for a traffic ticket. It's not like the guy was a murderer, Pereira said in an interview. What gives these individuals, who are just basically hired contractors, to go into a third party's home and destroy other people's property? Pierre said he was in the process of preparing a civil lawsuit, but it is unclear who he would file against. Manhart's bail bonds did not respond to requests for comment. The incident demonstrates the far-reaching protections and privileges afforded to bail bonds agents, said Brian Johnson, a professor at Grand Valley State University in Allendale, Michigan, who authored a study on the American bail bonds recovery industry. Johnson said the Supreme Court 1872 decision in Taylor versus Tainter case gives bounty hunters license to pursue bail skipping defendants at their home or whatever address they list. An oft quoted section of the court filing stipulates that bounty hunters could arrest a defendant even on the Sabbath. If that person put down that address as one of the places where they live, under federal case law, bounty hunters do have the legal authority to enter the residence, Johnson said. The Fourth Amendment right to protection against illegal search and seizure does not apply for private entities like bounty hunters, Johnson said. Legal guidelines are all based upon the surety contract, he said, by that person signing the surety contract, they have, in essence, waived that fourth right amendment. Lower income defendants who cannot afford to pay their full bonds to the court are disproportionately affected by the pitfalls of the bail bond industry. The American Civil Liberties Union has said that for-profit industry actually undermines justice by perpetuating a system in which poor defendants must choose between staying in jail as they face trial or owing bail bonds companies large amounts of money. The American Bar Association has also staked an anti-cash bail position. Four United States states, Illinois, Kentucky, Oregon, and Wisconsin, Illinois, Kentucky, Oregon, and Wisconsin have abolished commercial bail altogether. The remaining 46 states allow 
private bail bond agents to apprehend fugitives, according to a 2013 study co-written by Johnson, the Grand Valley State University professor. In Arkansas, Florida, Ohio, and Texas, only licensed bail agents and other licensed professionals like a private investigator can hunt down bond absconders, according to the analysis. California attempted to become the first state to abolish cash bail in August, but voters will decide the industry's fate during a 2020 referendum. Bail bond company owners argue that the system saves taxpayer money and is effective at ensuring that defendants show up for court. Colas, the homeowner, said he was glad no one was injured during the raid. He said the bond agent seemed happy to break into his home, at one point thanking the homeowner for letting them use their new toy. It's weird to me that they feel their right to do that, he said. You're violating something that's very sacred to someone. Now you have my wife where she doesn't want to be there anymore. She doesn't really feel secure there. Moving forward to independent.co.uk, Trump invokes emergency powers to sidestep Congress and sell arms to Saudi Arabia. Donald Trump has asserted rarely used emergency powers to sidestep congressional objections and give the green light to arms deal involving Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. The U.S. Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, told the leaders of several congressional committees the president was claiming a national emergency existed because of a purported threat from Iran and was a result of giving permission for 22 arms deals around $8 billion. A number of members of Congress, which had already voted for the U.S. to terminate its support for the Saudis' military operation against Yemen, a resolution Mr. Trump vetoed fear the weapons could be used in those bombing operations which have resulted in widespread civilian injuries. Some legislators had warned earlier this week that Mr. Trump, frustrated with Congress holding up weapon sales like a major deal to sell Raytheon Corps precision-guided munitions to Saudi Arabia, was considering using a loophole in arms control law to go ahead with the sale by declaring a national emergency. Andrew Smith of Campaign Against Arms Trade, a United Kingdom-based activist group, told The Independent, this unprecedented move shows the terrible depths that Trump and his administration will sink in order to continue arming and supporting the brutal Saudi regime. Saudi forces have inflicted a terrible humanitarian catastrophe on Yemen, It simply would not have been possible without United States-made weapons. The arms sales that Trump is pushing today could be used to commit atrocities and abuses for years to come. Moving forward to the MiamiHerald.com, United States bans cruises to Cuba in bid to pressure the island's government out of Venezuela. Taking a cruise to Cuba, an unprecedented step allowed by the Obama administration to bring Americans and Cubans closer together ended abruptly after three years Tuesday, when the Trump administration shut down the trips to continue punishing Cuba for its support of the Venezuelan regime. 
cruise lines, the biggest of them based in Miami, scrambled to deal with the news Tuesday and figure out what it means for their passengers. One thing seemed clear, there'll be no more cruises to Cuba after Tuesday if they originate or make a port stop in the United States. We are aware of the announcement and are analyzing the details to understand the impact on our itineraries, a Royal Caribbean statement said Tuesday evening. In the meantime, we are adjusting the itineraries of our June 5th and June 6th sailings, which will no longer stop in Cuba. We are communicating with our guests about those changes. According to the new Department of Commerce rule, private and corporate aircraft, cruise ships, sailboats, fishing boats, and other similar aircraft and vessels generally will be prohibited from going to Cuba. A senior administration official told the Miami Herald that the Cuban government manipulated cruise travel. Cruise companies provided money directly to the Cuban government, the official said, because companies have to pay docking fees to the government and the Cuban military has control of most port facilities. The officials said more sanctions were in the pipeline to increase the costs for the Cuban government if it support to the Maduro regime. I will encourage cruise companies to rebook everyone to Puerto Rico, the officials said. It's a U.S. territory. They need the support or go and support one of our democratic allies in the region. The four largest cruise companies in the world, Carnival Corporation, Royal Caribbean International, Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings and MSC Cruises, all based in South Florida, have ships scheduled to sail to Cuba this year. The Norwegian Sun, Norwegian Sky, Empress of the Seas, Majesty of the Seas, MSC Armonia, Carnival Sensation and Carnival Paradise are set to dock at ports in Cuba this month. Some are currently on voyages that stop there. According to official Cuban figures, more than 600,000 Americans traveled to the island in 2018, mostly on cruises. That figure does not include another half million Cuban Americans who visited their family on the island last year. Critics of Obama's engagement policies with Cuba said cruises to Cuba and people-to-people -people travel amounted to tourism, which is forbidden by the United States embargo. The Trump administration has shown increasing irritation with the alleged presence of Cuban security and intelligence agents in Venezuela. Several United States officials have said Cuban support has been critical in maintaining Maduro, whom the United States no longer recognizes as the legitimate president in power. The new rules on Cuba are overdue, said John Suarez, executive director for the Center for Free Cuba, why should the United States allow the flow of tourist dollars to Havana while thousands of Cuban soldiers repress Venezuelans? The people-to-people -people travel was designed to circumvent the law, which bans tourism to the island. But organizations that have promoted these exchanges believe the administration policies will further hurt the Cuban people. Today's news is especially damaging for the Cuban people, particularly the burgeoning Cuban private sector who rely on American travelers to support their businesses and families, said James Williams, president of Engage Cuba. The Cuban people should not be used as political pawns. They are human beings. 
continuing a 60-year failed embargo policy that punishes the Cuban people for the sins of their government is morally and strategically wrong. Moving forward to TellAshoreEnglish.net, former Jamaican Prime Minister urges for Caribbean integration on Venezuela. Former Prime Minister of Jamaica, Percival James Patterson called on Monday for Caribbean nations to support a united stance on the situation in Venezuela, reminding regional leaders that they had reached a common position repudiating external intervention in the country's internal affairs. We expect all of our leaders to act in accordance with that decision and to not veer off in support of those who have a contrary view, whether he hails of the OAS, Organization of American States, or the Corridors of Mar-a-Lago, Patterson said during the launch of his book, My Political Journey at the University of the West Indies. Jamaica's sixth prime minister, who served from 1992 to 2006, was referring to a questionable meeting held on March 22nd between United States President Donald Trump and the presidents of Bahamas, Haiti, Jamaica, and St. Lucia, held without true representation of the Caribbean community, CARICOM, as their representatives were not invited. P.J. Patterson, as he is widely known, also emphasized that a divided stance on Venezuela would be suicidal for the bloc, reiterating that the Caribbean is a powerful entity, but only as a united voice. The Caribbean, we at the OAS, are 14 nations strong. We have the voting power, he added. If not, the former prime minister warns that the region will be reverting to a time we thought had long passed long ago. To the days of subservience and being subject to the dictates of others based on their interest. On May 1st, CARICOM called to recommit to a peaceful solution in Venezuela, Prime Minister of St. Kitts and Nevis and Chairman of the group, Timothy Harris, said the bloc has been working earnestly to promote meaningful dialogue and diplomacy, as well as four-phase process called the Montevito Mechanism, whose aim is an all-inclusive lasting solution. While the Caribbean nations of Antigua and Barbuda, Dominica, Grenada, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia, and St. Vincent and the Grenadines all members of the Bolarian Alliance for the Peoples of Our America People's Trade Treaty, ALBA-TCP, rejected United States imperialism and intervention on Venezuela during the group's 18th political council. And moving forward to thegrio.com, Principal Akbar Cook keeps schools open Friday nights as a safe haven for students. Hundreds of teens spent their Friday night inside Westside High School in Newark, New Jersey, because it's a safe environment, a judgment-free safe haven as part of the Lights On program launched by Principal Akbar Cook. Hundreds of teens spend their Friday nights inside Westside High School in Newark, New Jersey, because it's safe, judgment-free safe haven as part of the Lights On program. Akbar Cook, the principal, previously made headlines when he put a laundry room in the school 
after his students were being bullied over their dirty clothes. The move was made possible after he secured a $20,000 grant from PSENG with the help of labor from Newark Public Schools. He turned the football team's locker room into a free on-campus laundromat, CBS New York reported. Confidence is a big thing with everyone. To feel that you smell good, look good, I think that goes a long way, Cook told the outlet. He launched the Lights On program four years ago, which is open to everyone three nights out of the week during the summer. The program supports 2,000 children, according to the Atlantic Black Star. Anything that keeps me off the streets, I'll do, one student shared with ABC News 7. Selling drugs and stuff, I'm not into that. I just realized that if I come here, I'll see friendly faces, another said. Security, added another student. I haven't lost any more kids to gun violence since the start of the school year, Cook told the station. It's fun, safe too, one student said. It's better than being out on the streets. Every Friday night until 11 p.m., the space offers a recording studio for aspiring musicians to lay down tracks and hone their skills. Students can also engage in various games and activities and enjoy free hot meals on Friday nights. As support and donations from the community and alumni continue to pour into the school, the Lights On program continues to be a success year after year. If it was around back then, I think we wouldn't have lost so many of my classmates, said Westside alum Nadia Camacho, who graduated in 2008. If we had a class reunion right now, a lot of my classmates wouldn't be here due to the gun violence. Cook, who was on The Ellen Show in September, where she presented him with a $50,000 check, was invited back on the daytime talk show last month where the host gave him another check for the incredible work he's doing in the school. We're going to take a music moment and come back with tech knowledge, blessings and grace. Sun. We are the ones who come for light it up in your horizon The darkness run when we eyes it up Give me your drum, beat Babylon Them chanting songs with us War is not fun, we use words sound and we light them up Keep the fire burning, So many souls are burning So many are we are rising up So many are we are learning So many minds are lighting up So many souls are burning So many are we are icing up Babylon the table's turning Rise up the flames and Babylon They are in trouble Then rise up like steam When time departs it starts to bubble So why is the fire It has spread uncontrollable So rise up and rise Fire go burning at the devil Find a way, keep eyes it and we play. So come what may, from Babylon we break away. Happy answer to the call, when we're back against the wall. We'll see a brighter day, we steady paving the way. Call it, keep the fire burning, every day we're learning. I'm always to the side. 
enough, so many are we are learning. So many minds are lighting up, so many souls are burning. So many are we got heighting up, Babylon the table's turning. Diamond in the rust, beyond the dirt and dust. Lies the heart so pure, just need for polish up. The rain are far, but dirty it up. Pata boy, be cool, no, no. The pressure's rising up, but the youth's them rising up. Turn out by ya, carry we higher as we climb a real Rise no turning back higher One step at a time, trotting one foot in front the other Filled with lots of signs, this is road of life we travel on Let faith be the guide Thank you all. So guys! 
Look what I'm whipping them. This is America. 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 Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. Look how I'm kicking up. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm gonna get it. This is Sally. That's a tool. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. Look how I'm kicking up. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm gonna get it. This is Sally. That's a tool. Yeah. On my Kodak. Black. Ooh, know that. Yeah. Ooh, get it. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred bands, hundred bands, hundred bands. Contraband, 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 contraband. I got the plug on with a hawker. Whoa. They gonna find you like fuck a flower. This is America. 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 Blessings and grace. And I'm back with technology. Starting off on dashbouquet.com. How Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon are investing in AI. Artificial intelligence is a big deal. Companies keep investing money in this technology to leverage their offer and serve the customer better. Google has had a long history with AI and plans to evolve into the AI first world. AI first world, as per the company CEO, Sundar Pichyam. Back in 2014, Google bought a DeepMind startup for $400 million. This company offers a range of AI-powered solutions from image and speech recognition to simulating a human being in video games. We see Google using AI in a number of routine tasks, suggested replies in Gmail, advanced search algorithms. In addition to that, the company recently introduced its machine learning system, TensorFlow, and made it free for any developer to use. Then we have Google Assistant and Duplex. Google Assistant is a virtual assistant similar to Alexa, Cortana, or Siri that helps users solve their everyday task in a more efficient and faster manner. It is supported by a bunch of devices, Sonos speakers, Samsung smart TVs, Philips Hue, and is one of the most widely used AI solutions these days. As for Duplex, it is an AI-driven voice that helps users set business appointments via Google Assistant. All the user needs to do is ask Google Assistant to book a restaurant for a certain date, and Duplex will take care of it. 
To make it sound more human-like, the developers even added the um and pauses in its speech. One last thing about Google and AI is the latest PEAR initiative. PEAR stands for People Plus Artificial Intelligence Research and aims to make the partnership with AI as enjoyable and beneficial as possible. It is basically a research center and it may bring some really interesting results in the near future. Facebook. We all know that Facebook was the pioneer of facial recognition, which is totally AI powered. So what else this social media behemoth has been up to in terms of AI? While Amazon and Google have been actively researching and realizing their AI projects, Facebook was stuck somewhere in the middle of planning. The company wants to come up with virtual assistant of its own and implement AI in a number of processes like content monitoring and administration. This year, Facebook invested $7.5 million in AI Ethics Institute in Germany, Munich, Considering a number of issues that AI brings, ethical and regulatory, this seems like a smart investment. However, Elon Musk said that Zuckerberg's knowledge of AI is limited, so it seems like Facebook has a lot to catch on if the company really wants to join the AI race. Microsoft. Microsoft is among the companies that have been investing heavily into AI. We can start with the Microsoft Research AI which is an organization founded by Microsoft and focused on AI research and development. Because the company already deploys AI in its processes, Skype chatbots, data analysis, interaction with Cortana, no wonder Microsoft plans to grow in this direction and expand its use of AI. Apart from that, Microsoft has been launching its AI-driven tools through Azure Cloud Computing Service and working on AI implementation into Office 365. By 2018, Microsoft acquired five AI tech companies. Its latest acquisition was XOXCo, a software product design and development studio. All in all, seems like Microsoft takes the artificial intelligence technology beyond serious and plans to offer real value for the Microsoft product users. Amazon. Amazon is one of the biggest e-commerce platforms in the world, so no wonder it was among the first to get a grip on AI. The first thing that comes to mind if we speak about Amazon is AI and Alexa. This is another virtual assistant that is supported by Amazon Echo Dot speakers and can set your alarm, send notifications, and interact with you via voice. But because Amazon is all about e-commerce, recently it rolled out the Alexa shopping feature. Now shoppers can order from Amazon with the help of Alexa. The assistant can place the items in the cart, remove them, track their status, and notify about delivery. And since voice shopping is predicted to hit 40 million by 2020, Amazon made a really smart move. Another big thing that Amazon did was implementing ML into their AWS. ML stands for meta language. AWS is Advanced Wireless Services. 
is a wireless telecommunication spectrum band used for mobile voice and data services and messaging. AWS band uses microwave frequencies with Amazon implementing ML into their AWS, the features include Lex for building conversational interfaces, Poly, turning text into speech, recognition, image analysis, and SageMaker, ML models training. An interesting fact about Amazon and AI is the approach the company takes toward technology. They call it a flywheel and that implies constant storage of knowledge and its even distribution across the company. So one can say Amazon is a truly AI-driven business that gets the most out of AI. Apple, from the first sight, seems like Apple got everything covered. We have Suri, which is among the top most used virtual assistants in the world. We have facial recognition, which is fun to play with and adds to security, as well Apple uses AI to detect fraud and optimize the use of battery and overall seems like an equal rival to the competitors. Unfortunately, that's not the case. First, Apple does not invest in AI as much as Google or Amazon do. Second, Apple follows a very local approach with its CreateML framework running on iOS devices only while most of the companies train their ML models in the cloud. While such an approach has its fans, many industry experts believe that an experienced developer will opt for TensorFlow by Google rather than create ML due to the lack of features of the latter. With the biggest companies taking interest in AI, it's time for the mid-sized and small companies to follow along. AI has become not a luxury, but a must-have technology for those companies that wish to grow in, in a steady manner and keep up with the changing business movement. Moving forward to the seattletimes.com. As Seattle's new hotels roll out automation to serve guests, workers worry. A couple of months ago, Justin Atsura was surprised to see a waist height robot scooting through the hallways of the Embassy Suites by Hilton. The glowing white cylinder was accompanied by an operator teaching it the layout of the new Seattle hotel, similar to training a dog to walk on a leash. Once the robot learns the lay of the land, it could deliver room service meals or linen to guests. The Pioneer Square Hotel is the only property where the chain is considering using the robot, according to Hilton. But Atsura, a lobby attendant at the hotel, said even this test phase has stoked real fear in the hotel's food and beverage department, where workers are concerned about job security. From automated check-in to droids that carry bags to rooms, new technology is transforming the hospitality industry worldwide. As a result, Workers around the nation are seeking a say in the introduction of devices that could threaten their jobs. Embassy Suites employees, represented by Unite Here Local 8, are negotiating to include in their first contract with Hilton the right to collectively bargain over the implementation of new technology. Last year, unionized Marriott workers in eight United States cities 
launched the largest hotel strike in United States history, one that lasted nine weeks and ended with an agreement finalized in December that gives workers some say in the implementation of technology. Last October, Weston Seattle Hotel employees, represented by Unite Here Local 8, reached a tentative deal with Marriott International. The biggest tools we have are to organize and to push for things in our contract that can indirectly mitigate the impacts of technology, said Asura, a member of the union. From Hilton's perspective, AI technology is a tool that can help staff enhance the customer experience, said company spokesman Nigel Glenny. He called the robot something that would support team members. He added that at this point, this is a trial by one hotel and not something the chain is considering for its other properties. The contract negotiations between Hilton and the Seattle workers follow months of bargaining between casino companies and the members of the culinary and bartender unions in Nevada, which are affiliates of Unite Here. Language in the Nevada contracts that addresses technology was used as a model for negotiations between Marriott International and hotel workers across North America. We decided two years ago, Local Local 8 President Eric Von Rosen said, if we didn't push for this in negotiations, then we would just be reactive and that there would be no negotiation. The contract requires Marriott Hotels to give committee at least 30 days notice before changing or expanding any technology that was in use prior to the agreement and 165 days before introducing new technology. The committee has also the right to bargain with the hotel over the use of technology. Workers displaced by automation will also be given preference for other openings at the hotel before a new worker is hired. The contract also specifies that the employer must help pay for tuition if an employee has to attend school for training. Western Seattle bellhop Andy Huang said some technology introduced over the past year has brought confusion, not efficiency. For instance, if a guest asks for body wash and shampoo with the Chains app, guest service software will assign two people to fulfill the request. It's a nightmare for us right now, Wong said about the app. It has a lot of bugs. Some of his coworkers still don't know how to use the app. Outside of Seattle, Marriott International has implemented a robotic butler called Botler, as well as a chatbot at Aloft Hotels, both of which have alarmed Huang. Marriott International didn't respond to repeated requests for comment. If the lack of notice prior to the rollout of the guest service app last year is any indication, Wong fears one day they'll send out the robots and cut his hours. Wong depends on his job to help his family of six and is unsure what he would do if he's displaced. Despite the contract requirement, that Marriott negotiate with the union before implementing new technology, Wong said that his co-workers are still concerned. The company, whatever they do, they don't really care about the worker and the union, Wong said. I don't really trust the company. At the Westin Seattle, the digital check-in process is the most recent technology advancement that has hotel workers fretting. Currently, guests are assigned a room by a hotel staff, but visitors 
consume check-in with the mobile app that would allow them to bypass the front desk and go straight to their rooms. Unite Here Local 8 representatives will soon enter the bargaining phase on the digital check-in process, Van Rossum said. Although Weston is not experimenting with room service machine, Van Rossum predicts that it's only a matter of time before automated devices become more commonplace. Dave Berger, founder and CEO of Velara, a New York-based company that customizes voice-activated software for hotels, said 30% of requests at hotels Velara services are made with Alexa devices. At least for me, what differentiates a hotel stay are the human smiles, warm welcomes, and thoughtful gestures from the humans I encounter at the property. Great technology enables hospitality professionals to do what they do best, be great hosts. It's unclear whether new technology will help hotel workers better serve and entertain guests. In the meantime, Unite Here's Taylor suggests that the hospitality management do some soul searching. I think that the industry has to decide whether they're going to be a hospitality industry where they actually interact or if it's going to be like the airlines where there's very little service and if a guest gets a bag of peanuts, then they're happy. Moving forward to the post-gazette.com. To keep up with Amazon, retailers are turning to automation, robot janitors, and all. While grocery store music tunes play overhead in the baking goods aisle, a small creature is checking on how many pink icing tubes are left on the shelf. Tally, a robot, works steadily, blinking its friendly eyes on an LED display as you walk past. Floating across the floors at a giant eagle near Aspenwall, it keeps track of inventory so its human counterparts don't have to. O'Hara-based giant eagle only recently introduced a handful of these logistic robots to some of the stores in Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Akron, and more could be coming. Automation is inching into nearly every facet of retail, according to a 2017 report by Research and Markets, a Dublin, Ireland-based market research firm. By 2023, the retail automation space will be worth more than $18.9 billion. Pharmacies use automated services to text or call customers' mobile phones to alert them that prescriptions are ready to fill. Convenience shops in China use facial recognition for checkout. Amazon has introduced a new brick-and-mortar concept that employs hundreds of overhead cameras to make it possible to avoid the checkout process altogether. Still, as automation and robotic employees join the ranks alongside human coworkers, a debate has surged around employment and the possibility of replacing today's labor force with artificially intelligent hunks of plastic and metal. How far will technology go to create efficiencies in retail? And will those innovations lead to a lack of good-paying jobs. Dog food, Campbell's soup, laundry detergent, and pediatric shakes were all out of stock during an afternoon visit to Walmart's Natrona Heights location last week. A robot equipped with a long conveyor belt was helping employees sort out the missing products. Fast Uniloader, as it's called, help workers more efficiently unload a freight truck filled with up to 3,000 separate parcels, said store manager Tony Saltis.
It's saving workers' backs, he said, noting that only one person really has to get into a truck now to move boxes to the fast unloader belt. Walmart expects to spend about $83 million on remodeling stores to fit the fast unloader and to expand the number of stores with these technologies in Pennsylvania, according to data provided by the retailer. More than 40 stores in the state are getting floor-scrubbing robots this year. In April alone, 12,000 people left the retail industry, according to data from the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics. In the big picture, that's a slight change, considering 4.9 million people worked in retail as of 2016. Closures are partly to blame. As of March, at least 4,810 storefronts will have closed this year, according to data from CoreSight Research in New York City. That includes Abercrombie & Fitch, Dollar Tree, Charlotte Roos, and Kohl's locations. Much of that is due to the rise in popularity of online shopping, which has in turn led to demand in related industries like trucking. There's a shortage of more than 51,000 jobs in long-haul trucking, according to the American Trucking Association in Arlington, Virginia. Meanwhile, automation is also slicing away at retail jobs, particularly those of cashiers, thanks to self-checkout lanes. The Bureau of Labor Statistics is expecting a 1% decrease in those jobs by 2026. The union representing some giant eagle workers, the United Food and Commercial Workers, sharply disagrees with that assessment. Aggressive expansion of automation in grocery and retail stores is a direct threat to the millions of American workers who power these industries to the customers they serve. UFCW President Mark Perrone said in an email statement to the Associated Press, Anonymous Walmart employees Use the social media website Reddit to slam the fast unloader automated product sorting system. I'm so overwhelmed and done with this, wrote one worker. After about a week of using the automated system, they wrote five associates quit and a supervisor decided to step down. Another user reported low morale. I hate work so much since this automated belt showed up. It's like I'm working harder, but feel like I'm doing less. I'm drinking beer almost every night and suddenly buying scratch-off lottery tickets, which I never do because I know it's a waste of my money. It's safe to say that customers aren't really bothered, although some at Giant Eagle did notice the tally robot. They usually just did a double take before returning to shopping. Some smiled at it. At Walmart, the floor-scrubbing robot BB drew surprise looks, likely because it seemed like a ghost was operating the cleaner. Some notably kept their distance. Then again, people used to avoid self-checkout, but now those lanes draw some of the longest lines. Moving forward onto futurism.com, man takes police to court for scanning his face without consent. A crowd-funded court case could shape the future of facial recognition tech. For the first time, police in the United Kingdom are going to have to defend their use of facial recognition tech in court. British office worker Ed Bridges is claiming that South Wales police scanned his face at least twice without his permission. 
He believes these scans violated his human rights, an assertion he will present during a three-day court hearing that kicked off in Cardiff on Tuesday. And if the court agrees with Bridges, the ruling could profoundly alter future use of facial recognition tech by law enforcement. Bridge says he first noticed police scanning his face while he was out shopping in Cardiff in December 2017. I popped out of the office to do a bit of Christmas shopping, and on the main pedestrian shopping street in Cardiff, there was a police van, Bridges told BBC News. By the time I was close enough to see the words automatic facial recognition on the van, I had already had my data captured by it. That struck me as quite a fundamental invasion of my privacy, he added. Bridges says the second scan occurred while he was attending a peaceful anti-arms protest. With the support of human rights organization Liberty, Bridges launched a crowdfunding campaign to raise money to take the United Kingdom police to court. Facial recognition technology snatches our biometric data without our knowledge or consent, making a mockery of our right to privacy, Liberty lawyer Megan Golding said in a press release. It's discriminatory and takes us another step toward being routinely monitored wherever we go, fundamentally altering our relationship with state powers and changing public spaces. It belongs to a police state and has no place in our streets. This is the United Kingdom's first legal case on law enforcement's use of facial recognition tech. So if the court agrees with Bridges and Liberty, it'll set a precedent that could shape the future of the controversial technology throughout the nation and possibly even beyond it. Moving forward also on futurism.com, police catch Woody Harrelson lookalike using facial recognition. The NYPD knew their suspect, Harrelson, so they uploaded the actor's photo to identify him. We already knew police were running photos of unconscious suspects and dead bodies through their facial recognition systems. Now we can add another strange type of input to that list, images of acclaimed actor Woody Harrelson. According to a newly released report, New York Police Department detectives noticed that a suspected shoplifter resembled Harrelson. So when the grainy surveillance camera footage didn't result, in any useful matches in their facial recognition system, they decided to try a high-quality photo of the actor. Among the matches Harrelson's photo returned, the detectives saw a man they believed was the person on camera, and they later arrested him for petty larceny. Adding to the mounting evidence that police are using facial recognition technology seemingly however they see fit. Harrelson isn't the only celebrity whose photo police have run through facial recognition systems to track down suspects either. Celebrity photos are just one of the many questionable facial recognition inputs police are using during the course of investigation. And it's likely due to the fact that there's nothing stopping them from using the tech however they see fit. Given the serious consequences that can result from false matches, the researchers call for a moratorium on any use of facial recognition technology by law enforcement until the government puts rules in place to regulate the tech's use. As the technology behind these face recognition systems continue to improve, it is natural to assume that the investigative leads become more accurate, 
the researcher write, yet without rules governing what can and cannot be submitted as a probe photo, this is far from a guarantee. Garbage in will still lead to garbage out. Moving forward to curiosity.com. Scientists have designed tiny robots that can clean your teeth. The only sensation worse than the sound of nails on a chalkboard might be the feeling of dental tools scraping plaque off your teeth. Luckily, a team of engineers, dentists, and biologists from the University of Pennsylvania have designed an army of plaque-busting micro-robots who might make your next dentist visit a bit more bearable or at least more exciting. If you've ever run your tongue over your teeth and thought, ooh, I should really brush my teeth more often, you're probably feeling a sticky film called plaque. Plaque is a mix of protein, sugar, and bacteria that's perfectly normal but can contribute to bad breath and make your teeth appear yellow. The bacteria especially can cause dental woes like gingivitis and cavities. So how do you get rid of it? The easy answer is to brush your teeth at least twice a day and floss regularly to get the hard-to-reach parts. However, even people with excellent oral hygiene habits should visit the dentist twice a year for a proper cleaning, though the every six-month rule may be a myth. Plaque is what's known as biofilm, which is especially difficult to remove. The bacteria is held together in a tight matrix that's impervious to antimicrobial agents, so even the top-of-the-line toothpaste can't completely eradicate the film on your teeth. That's bad news because once plaque has the chance to hang around for a while, it mineralizes into tartar, a hard yellow or brown gunk that can only be removed by a professional. If it feels like the dentist is scraping hard enough to make your gums bleed, they're probably just trying to chip away at the pesky tartar. To make your dentist's job a little easier, the University of Penn team developed Microscopic Robotic Cleaning Crew. Microscopic Robotic Cleaning Crew that can destroy plaque and other biofilms. The catalytic antimicrobial robots, or CARs, use iron oxide containing nanoparticles that can bind to the biofilms and set off a chemical reaction that kills the bacteria within them. The car's movement is controlled by a magnetic field, which allows engineers to steer the micro-robots as they target and clean up the bacteria. The team designed two types of robot system, one that uses a nanoparticle solution to clean surfaces and another that's 3D molded for fitting into tight spaces. The surface cleaning system can plow through large areas or precisely target specific surface level zones. The 3D molded system can be designed to get down into the trickier areas. It was even able to remove biofilms from the isthmus, the skinny tube that connects one root canal to the next and is one of the hardest to reach parts of the human tooth. In both cases, the car was able to target, destroy, and remove the debris. Removing the debris is especially important to minimize the chance of the biofilm growing back. This innovation, which was published in the journal Science Robotics, has practical implications for keeping water pipes and catheters clean as well. Ku said the technology is available in other biomedical fields as a way of addressing 
drug-resistant biofilms in the post-antibiotic era. And moving forward to telegraph.co.uk, developers sue Apple over App Store Monopoly. Apple has been sued by app developers who claim the company's App Store constitutes an illegal monopoly, enabling the company to charge the developers an inflated fee on app sales. Two developers which are seeking to launch a class action suit against the iPhone maker say Apple exercises unfair control over how apps are downloaded on its iPhones by shutting out rivals to its app store. They say this unfairly forces developers to pay Apple's 30% fee it levies on sales of their apps, as well as stick to mandated price points that require them to sell apps at a price ending in 99 cents. From the outset, Apple attained monopoly power in the United States market for iOS app and in-app product distribution. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace.
Fyra buggo, en Coca-Cola Spela freestyle med fräck musik Fyra buggo, en Coca-Cola Doft av sommar och romantik Vill du leva och vill du dansa Våga skratta och våga chansa Fyra buggo, en Coca-Cola Spela freestyle med fräck musik Ring, ring, bara du slog en signal Ring, ring, tystnaden är så total
Blessings and grace. And I'm back with Herbnology. I'll be talking about the powerful benefits of Cisandra berry. In traditional Chinese medicine, Cisandra berry is used as a remedy for many ailments to resist infections, increase skin health, and combat insomnia, coughing, and thirst. Unlike caffeine, Cisandra stimulates the central nervous system by providing a mental boost without creating a jittery effect, but that's not all. This herb possesses a plethora of other health benefits. Recent research studies suggested that substances extracted from Cisandra might help treat liver disorders. It has strengthened effects on the conditions such as fatigue, nervous exhaustion, premenstrual syndrome, chronic diarrhea, dysentery, night sweats, depression, irritability, and memory loss. Due to its numerous health benefits, it's becoming increasingly more popular throughout Western Europe and the United States. The following are five important health benefits that Cisandra has been scientifically discovered to present. It brings down inflammation and eliminates free radicals. It bolsters adrenal function, helping us deal with the effects of stress. It improves liver function and digestive health. It protects the skin and improves mental performance. So look to the nature for the most high, for the cures, for the things that ail you. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace. Thank you. 
Down on earth in the midst and they crew color sails And they be like fine woven him Taken in the splendor I sing the sights that predate every night to the Templar type The river was immense and the people were few And that's true, no death was invented to abuse Carrying over life pathways is how we do Return to the view Sun was much closer but it kind of felt cold Cause we fresh from space And the ozonated hues we clung to And provided our food it begun Soon before us a vision of what has left the mark on our heart and our consciousness up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape. Your metaphysical mind. Blessings and grace and welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. Starting off with the word Sodi. Sodi is Hebrew for circular divan circle, common consultation, familiar converse, intimacy, secrecy, deliberation, confidence, familiar friends, 
confident of Jehovah, intimacy of Jehovah, Jehovah deliberates, father of Gadil, the man chosen from the tribe of Zebulon to help spy out the land of Canaan, preparatory to the Israelites going over and possessing it, Numbers 13.10. Metaphysically, Sodi is an influential thought belonging to the order faculty in man that is in close fellowship with the spiritual I am of the consciousness that is open to divine inspiration and is guided in its activities by the I am. And door. Door is Hebrew for moving around in a circle, dwelling, inhabiting a circle, an age, a generation. The heights of Dor was a place in the land of Canaan that was allotted to the tribe of Manasseh, but from which they did not fully drive the Canaanites. Joshua 11.2, 17.11, and Judges 1.27. Metaphysically, Dor means that the Canaanites symbolizes man's elemental life forces given over to the dominion of sense. Dor a royal city of the Canaanites that came into the possession of the Israelitish tribe of Manasseh pertains to the ability of man to abide in life. The fact that Manasseh did not drive the Canaanites entirely from Dor shows that at the stage of man's unfoldment represented by the Dor, the life forces are not redeemed fully from mortal tendencies. The higher understanding of the individual is not allied to the pure spiritual knowing strongly enough as yet to clear out the consciousness entirely, the old established belief in time and in generation and in the brevity of life. Therefore, a time, the era, and the true will dwell together. And the individual goes round and round and round in a circle leaving out one span of physical life and entering another and making little or no apparent advancement. Constantly new, truer ideas are needed that one may progress rapidly toward one's divine heritage of perfection. And progress, spiritual progress, the growth in conception and expression of spiritual ideas. Uzal, Uzal is Hebrew for sympathetic communication carried rapidly to an object, constant progression, continual going forth, divine spark, purifying fire, purified air. A son of Joktan, who was descended from Shem in Genesis 10:27, metaphysically, Uzal is the continual unfoldment, the continual unfoldment that takes place in the progressively inclined individual because of his natural conformity to the divine ideal or divine spark within him, which is ever urging him onto the higher light, new understanding, purer thoughts, and ways. Unfoldment is the bringing out by successive development, growth, as we unfold spiritually day by day Spirit reveals more and more good to us. Development. Development is an increase in conception 
and expression of the qualities that belong to divine mind, the development or correction of all present ideas underlying one's manifestation and the training of them to conform to the divine idea of man. Growth, metaphysically, growth is the increase by assimilation of new substance. Multiplication, we grow by incorporating spiritual substance into our consciousness. The law of growth is in beholding. When we behold the body as anything other than its divine idea, we hold it there. To behold ourselves free from these keeps us manifesting freedom. And spiritual growth, the increase of God in man. All growth is first in mind and depends on the standards we are holding in mind. A high spiritual standard has lifting power. All growth and unfoldment are based on the law. What we earnestly desire and persistently affirm will be ours if we faint not. Alameth is Hebrew for place of concealment, hiding place, covering, otherwise adolescence. Son of Bercher and grandson of Benjamin, 1 Chronicles 7-8, a Benjamite who was descended from Saul and Jonathan, 1 Corinthians 8-6. Metaphysically, Alameth, the true faith thoughts developing within the consciousness and inner unfoldment or soul progression that the outer man does not realize. Kaban. Kaban is Hebrew for encircled, bound about, a circle, a globe, a village, a hamlet, hilly, honored. A town in the lowlands of Judah, Joshua 540. Metaphysically, Kaban is an aggregation of thoughts of life in the subconsciousness that is of a spiritual nature or tendency or that is bound about by a higher, truer understanding of life than the purely sense comprehension. Thus, it is reclaimed from carnal expression, a circle that which has neither beginning nor ending and refers to the spiritual, to oneness or unity. Cities of Judah, in their highest sense, represent spiritual centers of life in consciousness. The lowland of Judah suggests the subconscious realm. Evolution is the development achieved by man working under spiritual law. It is the result of the development of ideas in mind. What we are is the result of the evolution of our consciousness, and this consciousness is the result of seed ideas sown in the mind. In the beginning, the Most High implanted His perfect word, involved this seed word into each man. Evolution is the unfolding in consciousness of that which the Most High involved in man in the beginning. And spiritual evolution, the unfolding of the Spirit of the Most High into expression. The Christ or Son of God evolution in man is plainly taught in the New Testament as the supreme attainment of every man. For the earnest expectation of the creation waiteth for the revealing of the sons of God. Roman 8.19 Gelioth is Hebrew for 
rings, bands, circles, circuits, regions. A place in the southern boundary of Benjamin, Joshua 18:17. It is believed to be the same place as Gagal, and is called Gagal in Joshua 15:7. Metaphysically, unity of the inner thought and life. When sense bondage is rolled away, when one comes into spiritual unity and harmony and becomes more alive and active. Golan, Golan is Hebrew for circle, circuit, exaltation, praise, overcome, led away, a captive, an exile, a city of refuge in Bashan for the Manassites, Deuteronomy 4.43. This city of Manasseh was given over to the Levites, Joshua 21.27. Metaphysically, Golan is the spiritual life activity established in love. Mistaken, limited thoughts in consciousness upon awaking to greater light may flee to this place and be forgiven and healed. Tibni. Tibni is Hebrew for structure, model, figure, pattern, likeness, similitude, building of Jehovah, similitude of Jah, insight, intelligence, understanding, knowing, son of Ganath, 1 Kings 16, 21. Metaphysically, Tibni is an intelligent, knowing thought in the higher consciousness of man that receives spiritual insight into the truth that the divine ideal man, the Christ, in each individual is the divine pattern, model, or likeness, and that man's perfect inner spiritual organism is the structure or building of Jehovah. Part of the true thoughts seek to lift this Tibni thought to activate expression in the consciousness. At this stage of his enfoldment, the carnal is still in the ascendancy. However, so the spiritual is forced back into apparent inactivity in the subconscious mind until a further spiritual unfolding of the individual takes place. Galilee is Hebrew for rolling, turning, a ring, a circle, a band, a circuit, rolling energy, momentum, one of the three main divisions of the country of Palestine. At one time, it consisted of the circuit of 20 towns that Solomon gave to Hiram, king of Tyre. At the time of Yeshua, it was part of Palestine in which he did much of his ministry. The disciples were Galileans, Acts 2.7, and Nazareth, the home of Yeshua, was in Galilee, Matthew 2.22. The name of a sea in Palestine, Matthew 4.18. Metaphysically, Galilee is energy of life, life activity, soul energy, power, force, energy, acting in conjunction with substance. Yeshua's entrance into Galilee represents the increased activity that ensues when truth comes down into the subconscious realm and brings about the realization of Christhood. After personality has been denied and praise of the Most High has been set up, 
When the illumined intellect is cut off from outer expression, the spiritual I am withdraws into Galilee in order to come into closer contact with the Most High, the source of all energy. Galilee, associated with mountain, symbolizes a high consciousness of life. Science tells us that this Galilee consciousness exists everywhere as an interpenetrating ether. Yeshua called it the kingdom of the heavens. The disciples represents man's faculties. Our work is to call the attention to these faculties, to this kingdom of the heavens within us. Some of them will appreciate and enter into it, while others will be unaffected, will be dubious. Man has a dual nervous system. The nerves are the wires that conduct the messages of the mind to every part of the organism. The voluntary nervous system centers in the spinal cord. The involuntary or sympathetic nervous system centers in the solar plexus. As a constant flow of nervous energy is making the circuit of the nervous system and carrying all kinds of messages from the mind. This sea of vitality is designated in the history of Yeshua as the Sea of Galilee. John 6.1 means that I am passed over the voluntary nervous energy to the involuntary, to the other side, and concentrated at the solar plexus. The great multitude that followed are the legions of thoughts that swarm in the mind, seeking harmony. The mountain into which Yeshua went is the high spiritual consciousness. Pattern, the divine incarnation of Yeshua, is the divine pattern for all men who are seeking the Christ way of life. Shore is Hebrew for going roundabout, traversing, journeying, surrounding, enclosing, looking around, spying, observing, surveying, considering, regarding, beholding. Wall, fortification, liar in wait, enemy. A wilderness and city between Palestine and Egypt Exodus 15:22, 1 Samuel 15:7. In Numbers 33:8, the wilderness of Shur is called the wilderness of Etham. Metaphysically, Shur is the never-ceasing progress, unfoldment and development of man. Man has moved in cycles apparently in his evolution, but each time that he seems to come again to his starting place, he is a little in advance of his former state. When he begins to awaken spiritually, his progress is more rapid. There is also a thought of strength and might in this that Shore signifies. Abraham dwelt between Kadesh and Shore, and he sojourned in Gerar, Genesis 21. Gerar signifying subjective substance and life. Thus Abraham had on one hand Kadesh, the inherently pure, sinless, ideal state that exists in the depths of the consciousness of every individual, and on the other hand, sure, unceasing progress, while he had his existence in life and substance. Thus does faith develop in the spiritually awakened individual. Age. Age is a cycle or dispensation 
Yeshua was acquainted with the cycles or ages of spiritual development, of which the natural man knew nothing. Yeshua came at the end of an age. Age to mortal man is the measurement of the life or existence of a person or thing. It is based on the false concept of time as reality. What is the signal of your presence and the completion of this age? Matthew 24.3 And Hadrach. Hadrach is Hebrew for periodical returning over and over again. Sons returning. Place to which one returns. A place in Syria near Damascus. Zechariah 9.1 Hadrach, metaphysically, in sense consciousness, moves in cycles over and over again, like the return of the sun. He returns to or goes through almost precisely the same experiences. This is proved by history, which repeats itself. Each cycle may be on an almost imperceptibly higher plane than the preceding one. Thus very slowly, man unfolds until he consciously touches the realm of spiritual inspiration and understanding. Then his progress becomes more rapid. Hadrach signifies the cyclic mode of development in the natural man. There is also in that which Hadrach symbolizes a thought of meditation or prayer by means of which man's intellectual consciousness may receive spiritual inspiration and become awakened to true understanding. A recital of the cycles. Let those that have ears hear. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace.
Blessings and grace, I'd like to thank you for joining me for another offering of Women's Wednesday. I'd like to show love to the frequency that accompanies the music. Co Abisol, Osalande, words, you live, shine like the sun. Georgia and Muldrow, these worlds, Afro Brothers, story of a piano, Jennifer Lara, natural mystic, F-Soul, Greens, Etzier, Schlager's Melody, 85 Rhythm, Blout, Jazz Rap, Childish Gambino, This Is America, Ty Terry, Louis Vega, and Kenny Dope Remix, Jay Mitchell, Your Summer Song, Kalissa, Topsy Turvy, Ian Friday, Caribs Leap, Tea Party Vocal Mix, Miss Ryan Nicole, featuring Rashida Chase, about that action, Desiree, Stronger, Kim English, Learn to Love, Mood to Swing Vocal, Maisie Blue, Nia, Sister Iowa, The Right Remedy, Earthology, The Whitefield Brothers, featuring Bachka, Sarak, Queen's Philosophy, Yeza, Rebel Impress. Remember that you are water. Cry, cleanse, flow. Remember that you are fire. Burn, tame, ignite. Remember that you are air. Be still, focus, decide. Remember that you are earth. Ground, build, give. Peace, blessings, and grace to all. I got one.